Good morning. Happy Hanukkah to everybody. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We taste better. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. As you can see, donuts. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. And any time you do feel like cooking, give me a call and I'll cook it for you. I cook for Shabbos, for Yonsa, for Hanukkah, anytime. Pesach, Pesach's coming up too. Um, anytime you don't feel like cooking, I'll do it. And yeah, tune in every week and hear about my exciting cooking adventures, kosher food traveling and sharing of great food ideas each week. But I want to hear from you. So you can email me at naomi at nachumsigl.com. Tell me where you ate, what you ate, what cookbook you're reading, anything exciting food news that you've had in your life or not. I'm happy to always listen. Um, and you can join my newsletter on the aussiegourmet.com and I'll share some recipes with you each week. Um, so I just wanted to take the time to dedicate the show for a minute to the passing of um, Gil Marks uh, last about 10 days ago, two weeks ago, I think, um, exactly on a Friday morning. Um and he is a tremendous loss to the foodie community as well. Um, he was a James Beard winner, wrote many, many cookbooks. Uh, he was a guest on our show twice, uh, just full of unbelievable food information, food history, food culture, as well as being an unbelievable chef. So it is a tremendous loss to his family. We wish them all the best and long life for everyone. And um, we will all cherish what he shared with us um, in the food world. Okay, from a serious note to a very exciting uh, show that we have today. It is Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights and Donuts. I bought in some ZK. I bought us in like a dozen donuts um, from Krispy Kreme, which is the last standing uh, kosher Krispy Kreme on the eastern seaboard. So, you know, in Penn Station. I took the train here today. Very exciting um, because I knew Melinda would give me a ride home. Melinda Strauss from my own neighborhood from kitchen-tester.com. Um, I got, I wanted to come in nice and early and she, uh, is going to give me a ride home after our show. Thanks, Melinda. <laughs> um, so I have an unbelievable show. I've got Alex Idov on the phone. He's the kosherologist. He's going to say, we're going to say g'day to him in a minute, but I've also got Honey Outfallbound busy in Brooklyn. And as I said, Melinda Strauss from kitchen-tested.com. It's very hard to say fast. <laughs> um, but we're really excited to celebrate Hanukkah and have a little Hanukkah party right here in the studio because ZK and I love to eat. <laughs> okay, um, Alex, are you there? I'm here. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, thank God. How are you? Good, good. How's it going? Um, he's in Atlanta, Georgia. How's the weather there? It is nice and sunny today, thank God. I have the urge to run out for Krispy Kreme donuts right now. I know, right? Sorry, you have to run all the way to Penn Station. I know. Well, you know, thank God we have some kosher here. And just the, I don't know if you know, they have some par of Krispy Kreme pies. I don't know if they have them in the grocery stores there. We do not. Okay, par of Krispy Kreme pies. Can you send us some? I'm, I'm, I, you know, I I'm, have to, I'm serious. I have to do that. <laughs> what kind of pies are they? They, they have uh, apple and chocolate and banana, lemon. They have a whole variety, and I just thought it was so awesome they, that they're part of. It's time to take a trip. Okay, girls. Yeah. Right. Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Let's jump in our car. There we go. <laughs> Will we make it there before Shabbos? It's a 14-hour drive. <laughs> I'll fly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, road trip. Okay, or plane trip. Okay, great. Um, okay, so, um, Hanukkah, talk to me. What are you busy with with your, 
Alex has got an amazing blog called The Kosherologist. And, and what are you working on now on your blog? Uh, so for Hanukkah, I have some um, amazing latkes coming, God willing, next week. I'm currently rebuilding, rebuilding my blog at the moment, so hoping oh, to nice. get it up and running. Okay. Um, with some uh, pastrami, tropical pastrami latkes and some pizza latkes, some Greek-inspired uh, latkes, like Greek salad. Figured it's a good way to uh, celebrate Hanukkah. We defeated the Greeks, and we'll have some Greek latkes. Oh, I like that. I like that. I did a pizza latke the other week. I I made this giant latke. had tons of potatoes in my house. Like a rosti? What's yeah, that? That's like basically a giant latke. A giant latke. My grandmother used to make in the frying pan. Oh, but yeah, she, it was her kugel was like that. Yeah. And and uh, she would make it in the frying pan. But so I made a nice thin latke and I put it over the the bottom of a frying pan. And it was a bit hard to flip, but I finally got it to flip with using two forks. And then when it um I put it on um, um parch uh, not parchment paper. Oh my gosh, bounty to you know. Bounty. Drain off the Drain oil. Drain off yeah. the paper, oil. Paper what, towels. Paper towels, thank you. It's been a really long morning because, you know, I had to take the train in early. And um, and then I put um, marinara sauce on and some cheese and it was like. Delicious. Yeah. My kid's like, wow, is that cauliflower pizza? Because they like when I make that because it's healthy. I'm like, nah, it's a fried latke pizza. They're like, oh, great. <laughs> not healthy, but. Delicious. Not healthy, but they, it was delicious. There was not a morsel left. Yeah. Okay, so um, how did you start your blog? What inspired you? Well, um, I, I grew up around the food business and around food, and always kind of had a you know inclination to uh, go into food. So I'm currently in uh, culinary school here in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, nice! And I figured when I started that, I could uh, share my experiences with others and share recipes with others, since I like to do that as well. And I figured that it's uh, time to start a, a blog and, you know, share my insights into the kosher world and, you know, hopefully, you know, learn from other people's insights into the kosher world and you know, other, other people's recipes, get inspirations and, you know, just kind of uh, wanted to break into the world of kosher and see what it has to offer and share what I have to offer, which is not a lot, but... Oh, it's a lot. It's great. I was on your blog actually yesterday, you know, doing a little bit of background checking up on you. I saw there's a very cute picture of you when you were a little kid cooking. Right. Yeah. But like I said, I grew up in the kitchen and just kind of fell into it, I guess. Okay. Very nice. What's your favorite food? I, I, I try to ask all the bloggers this. What's your favorite the, thing? What do you love to cook the most? Uh, anything for Shabbos, really. I just, uh, it's hard for me to pick one item. I'll tell you, I like since my father's a professional baker, I guess I kind of have Ooh, uh, nice. desserts are my favorite. So I um, favorite thing to make for dessert I can share is a bourbon mousse. Oh, nice. Uh, you, had me at, you, you had me at bourbon. Nice. Yeah, that's right. I feel the same way. Is that on your blog, um, Alex? Uh, so that will gobbling be on my blog as soon as I get my new site up. Good. Which, again, I hope I it's next week. It. <laughs> so it's, it's very good. I have to say so. It's uh, <laughs> the recipe from my father, so I can't take any credit for it, but... It's okay. one of the few recipes he'll let me share. Okay, it's, nice. It's one of his own. <laughs> and, and so you're living in Atlanta. What, um, you know, I like to talk about food culture, you know, wherever city we're in. So I was in Hawaii, I looked up, you know, um, what are the flavors of Hawaii and, and you know, the flavors in, that they use, you know, I, you know, Melinda's from Seattle. Is that different than the flavors that we use from honey from Brooklyn or, you know, yeah. me from Australia? So you're from the south. I don't want to say the South. I don't even know how to say it properly because, you know, I didn't grow up here. But you're not the Southern American states. Do I say that right? Is that how you put it? Well, we always say the South. So I think We're from the South, right. so people will understand what I'm saying. So right. um, you're from the South. What influences your cooking? 
from local uh, cuisine? Well, well, Jewish-wise, my I'm, I'm fourth-generation Atlantan. Nice. My my great grandmother was born here, so we really have that influence. And uh, I grew up with Shabbos having collard greens, which is a very southern. I've never had uh, it. I love them. Green. Me too. It's so so good. good. Originally, you know, the non-kosher it calls for ham hocks, and my family always put uh, shawarma turkey, uh, Aaron's turkey okay. leg. They put that in there to give it a little smoke flavor. So you just cook them long with that, you know, smoke flavor, and it's really, really good. They're real tender. I mean, they're real tough when they're raw, but when you cook them so long, they just melt away. Melt away, right? And um, so a lot of that grew up with black-eyed peas and you know, just barbecue chicken, Brunswick stew. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Or no. Had that. Have you heard of Brunswick? No. What is that? What What is that? So that's um, it's ground beef, and it's with uh, you mix it with cream corn and um, and kernel corn and peppers and barbecue sauce and also stews for a long time and it's very good it goes yeah. well with cornbread and chicken fried chicken barbecue chicken fried chicken yum everything you know <laughs> okay now nice. um pretty much the southern influence i think the extent of it in my, my family okay there's actually a cookbook from um, i think it might actually be from memphis it's um jewish cooking with a soul i think it's food um res- recipes from the south Right, um, one yeah, of the yeah, one of the schools in Memphis, I think, put it out. I've got it. it has some great recipes in there. I, I've been too scared. Is okra also from the oh, south? Right. I forgot about okra. You're fried right. Okra. Fried okra. With, fried, uh, okra. I don't like fried okra and okra and tomatoes. Mm. I, don't like I love okra, okra yeah, and tomatoes. Like. I've never had it. Yeah. I got I got to get cooking more southern food. Yeah, I like okay. the barbecue stuff more than I like <laughs> okra. I guess or collard greens. I think okra and collards are very acquired taste. I really like. Collards until I think maybe three years ago it took me a while to get a liking to it. But what is it like? Is it bitter? Is it sweet? Like what kind of? What does it taste like? The uh, the collards. Yeah. Uh, so they, I mean, they're bitter when they're raw. You know, when you cook them, you, you know, pretty much acquire the taste of they're like spinach, really. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just a little bit people... more of a more depth, you know, to the flavor. A little bit, but the uh, bitterness goes away with cooking. Yeah, people eat raw collard green wraps. Like they use the collard green leaf as a wrap. Like yeah. like vegans, like I've seen it in cookbooks. I don't know how they eat that. It's so bitter and like tough to chew. Like kale. That's interesting. Yeah, even kale is easier to eat raw. I mean, wow. I've tried raw collard greens. Okay, you I know. I you have tried. I have it tried it. Horrible. Oh. Like horrible. I tried to make a wrap once. No, okay. not good. I, I I I happen to love kale, and I can't eat raw kale. Like it's gonna be great. I prefer dressed. wilted kale too. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wilted. Yeah, and yeah. Very nice, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on the show. No problem. And will you like send me a, an email? Let me know, and, and I'll let my listeners know when your new blog is up and running. For sure. Because we'd love sure, to see. You. We we all want that bourbon mousse. I want to see uh, those latkes and the latkes. The yeah, Greek ones. ones sound really. Yeah, good. I know. Well, we're in the middle of Hanukkah now. We got a, only we're only like in the first half, so you know we've got a good couple of days ahead of us to make some more latkes and donuts. Right. You can never have too many latkes. Absolutely, and you know what? There's no reason why we can't eat latkes after Hanukkah, right? Like, why not? Sure, it's just fried food. Sometimes people are afraid to eat it because it's got a lot of fat, but. I'll, I'll eat fried food all year round. Right, I'm you just dieting. You just go to the gym afterwards. I don't understand. Or you bake them. Or you bake them. Yeah, baking. Yeah, never quite the same as fried. I know. I agree. I, know. I, I love. But you know, everything in moderation. So you know, I won't eat this entire box of donuts <laughs> all today. Yeah.
Okay. Thank you, Alex. Hey, thank you. Ha- happy Hanukkah. Have a good Shabbos, and, and we'll uh, be following you along. Right, sounds great. Take well, have care. Have a great day. Bye. 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 That was Alex Idov, the kosherologist, uh, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, it was very nice to have him. He, we've been uh, t- talking. We met through Melinda's uh, Kosher Food Bloggers Conference, and even a little bit before that, Alex had reached out to me. He also writes for the Jewish Home in which is a Five Towns newspaper, even though he lives in Atlanta, because he's uh, very close with the editors um, uh, of the Jewish home because he learned in Yishar Yashav and, uh, in Far Rockaway. So, uh, you know, we've been in touch, and then we finally got to meet, and so I wanted to have him on the show. I think he's also part of our Kosher Connections group. Oh, yeah. Right? So so uh, it's nice to also meet people that, you know, are part of the group. So right. um, the, I'm just going to close these donuts because <laughs> I have to say they're like – the smell of them is making me want to shove them all in my mouth. So I'll save that for after the show. Welcome, ladies. We got the team back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy that you guys could tear yourselves away because I know there's a lot going on. And Friday morning before Hanukkah, is a, before Hanukkah, in the middle of Hanukkah, any time, I guess, is busy. Erev Shabbos on the short fry, but I really appreciate you guys coming in. Always a pleasure. Oh, Thank yeah. You. We love it here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, next week is a big show. We're going to be actually in Cedarhurst. Oh, yeah, we're doing it from Gourmet Glut Live. Oh, so. come visit. Yeah, come, come down to the sure. set. Everyone is invited to join us down in um, Cedarhurst at 9 to 10.30. It's a super-sized show. So please come down. Um, you'll get to meet um, us in person mm-hmm. and <laughs> have a good time. And, and we've got some great guests. You know who's coming on? Oh, there's a flash there. <laughs> we've got um, sh- sh- Kid Chef Eitan Benaf. Oh, cute. Yeah. Hey. He was on uh, Chopped. Right. And he's amazing. We met him at Kosher Fest, and I invited him to come. And he's actually going to do a cooking demo. Honey did the last so one. And we were in Gomeklat, so I invited him to do it. So he's, like, been prepping for it. And he just won some award at the Tzivas Hashem um, dinner, dinner wow. the other night. So he was so excited about it. That's so, so nice. Yeah, so uh, he's going to be on. Jay Bookspam's going to be there. We're going to be drinking and eating and having our usual fun. So And more guests will be announced, I guess, uh, closer to the time. Okay, so, honey, you've been super busy, mm-hmm. very, very busy in Brooklyn. I'm changing the name of your website to very, very busy in Brooklyn. <laughs> dot Sounds com. good to me. Or just regular busy in Brooklyn. What have you got cooking for Hanukkah? Uh, well, I have my poutine latkes. Oh. I don't know if you saw those. I, who, who on planet Earth did not see them? They got passed and shared around the entire social media network. They looked amazing. Yeah, so that's really exciting. Have you ever tried poutine? No, I didn't even know what it was till I saw your post. What is it? Okay, so it's like a national dish of Canada. Just like hot dogs are like the American dish, poutine is the Canadian dish. So I was actually in Montreal a couple months ago with my family, and I was at Pizza Pita. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah and right, everyone's nice. like, you have to try the poutine there. Okay. So I tried it, and I went back for more. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> like I mean, a true foodie. How could, you know, french fries get any better? They're smothered in, like, mozzarella and gravy so it's a it's actually a french fry with gravy and cheese yes oh usually it's so curds. usually they use cheese curds right, right. that's what's usually used what's a cheese curd it's made from soured milk it's the curds from soured milk they're <laughs> sorry of- i don't eat yogurt so the minute you say soured milk even though i do eat sour cream i gotta just shake <laughs> <laughs> so they say they're kind of squeaky they don't have them in Hol- i only eat halvistrol so they don't have them halvistrol and uh, i think pizza pizza that's why they use like a shredded mozzarella okay um in my recipe i wanted it to look a little bit more like the curd so i actually used fresh mozzarella 
I just broke it apart into like shreds. And, um, yeah, so I think it actually kind of result, you know, it definitely looked like it. And I don't, I never tasted cheese curds, but I can imagine that it tastes something like that. And, um, I made a Parmesan gravy special for Hanukkah. Nice. I wanted to make it dairy. And also it's really hard to get that really good deep flavor when you're making like a par of gravy. So I said, I'll, I'll put a little Parmesan in it to give it that extra bit of depth. Depth. Yeah. So yeah. it really worked. It was really delicious. Um, so making that for dinner on Sunday night. <laughs> I've had that clipped in my. Okay, cool. Uh, Let me know how you like it. Yeah. Oh my God. What could be bad? Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just have to welcome to the Abels and Hyman family. <laughs> Thank you. It was so fun. I actually went uh, to the Abels and Hyman factory the other week. And uh, Seth gave me a tour. Isn't it fun there? I love it. It's so fun. But more than that, I, I felt like I had this misconception about hot dogs. That right. they're just like feeding junk to your kids. And really, I mean, I saw how, you know, the process. And it starts with a real cut of meat that they grind up and add spices. And it really, especially with his new product that he has, you know, the no nitrate hot dog. I know. It's fantastic. Yeah. He used, nat- he uses natural nitrates, celery, um, and cherry. Yeah, and natural. Um, natural nitrate. So that that's a really great product. And I actually took home a package and served it to my kids. And my daughter, who is so picky and does not have a very big appetite, asked me for another hot dog. I was like, oh, my God, thank you, Seth. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I didn't feel bad about it because I really saw that, you know, it, it's really not it's not the junk that I thought it was. I mean, maybe some companies do, you know, do use um, a lot of junky a lot products. Of junk, but, yeah, you know, you read the la- read the label. I, you know, it doesn't have that many fillers. Doesn't ha- you know? There are actually right. no fillers. There are no fillers. You know, and, I, and I've said this, and I said it recent as recently as our Kosher Fest show, that they, you know, when you go over, did he show you the big vat, the chopper, where they actually literally take take roast that you would buy, make for Shabbos, and that's what they put in the chopper right. that goes into the hot dog. Right, I know, shocked. Right? Yeah. You know, it, and you could see it was dark red in color as opposed to white, which is all the fat. Mm-hmm. They right. had to drop yeah. a fat in there because exactly. you do need, and we'll all say it, right? Yeah. In a room full of bloggers here. Sure. That fat, you need is, a, fat is flavor. Fat is flavor, and fat you need a little flavor. bit of it. Yes. So And yes. moisture. And yes. moisture, exactly. exactly. So, you know, you're going to be doing a lot of Instagramming, and, and you know, I think he's still running... Is Seth still running the um the competition? Join the Instagram page and you can win a package of. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on my website so you can go to the AussieGourmet.com and get but some information. I have a really exciting um recipe going up. Oh for yeah. Hanukkah and, of... and New Year's. You okay. Know, a great cocktail recipe, something you can make for a Hanukkah party. It's gonna be going up on my blog on Monday. Um. So I'm making these little mini hot dog egg rolls, stuffing them with sauerkraut and little mini cocktail hot dogs, the no nitrate ones. Mm. And uh, I'm going to make a dipping sauce with that. So, yeah, really fun little thing that you could serve at at your Hanukkah party. You know, towards the end of Hanukkah, the last days, you you might not want to be eating so much dairy anymore. So that would be a fun thing to serve at a Hanukkah party. And uh, you can also make it for your New Year's party that's coming up soon. So I know. Everything's coming up. The, the year is ending. 2014 yeah. is coming Everyone to an end. Everyone keeps talking about next year, and I'm like, what? Next year? But, yeah, the New Year is starting. So in Australia, our school year ends in December. So when you say to someone, see you next year, because school starts in February, it's literally the calendar year has changed to 2015. Right. But in, in North America, we almost follow the Jewish calendar. So next, right, don't we? What do you mean? In what way? In terms of like next, no, we don't do the Jewish calendar. Right. So next year, like you're in the middle of the school year right, and because, everyone's saying next year and you're like, what are you talking about? Right. Yes. You're right. You're right. I got myself confused there. Right. Little yeah. down under mix up. Yeah. yeah. So, so right. You, you, you like when next year is 2015. Right. But 
No, but we're in the middle of the we're year. We're in the middle of so the academic. Confusing. That's what I'm saying. Like you're it's in the mi- for us because we started the new year by the Jewish New Year. Right. You stay in the same calendar. Right. So that's what I meant to say is the academic year is the same year as, right? You start school in September with Rosh Hashanah. Right. That's what I was trying to say. Right. Right. You, right so, you know, you follow the, the, the Jewish year almost, but right. in Australia next year is, you know, 2015 and a new school year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. Really hard morning. I'm going to eat another donut now. (laughs) Okay. But here's another really fun thing I love making for Hanukkah. So I love getting the kids involved and getting excited. And uh, how many jelly donuts can you eat already? I'm sure you can eat a lot of them. I could eat a lot of jelly donuts. I know. I know. I know. But a fun thing that I do for uh, for breakfast is I make French toast of ganiot. I cut the challah out with a biscuit cutter to make it round. Yeah. And then I dip it in the custard and fry it. And I dust it with confectionery sugar and put a little bit of raspberry jam in the center. So okay, it so looks he, like of ganiot, but it's French toast. He, I don't understand. You're, you've got a cooked piece. What's the custard? What do you do? Custard. Fre- custard as in, you know, how you make a custard when you make French toast. You mix eggs with milk. Milk, okay, yeah. Like a little bit of sugar. Right. right. So I just want my, because not all my listeners. Oh, you're uh, thinking they custard make, as in the inside make, of the donut. Right. right okay. So a, a, a person who's not uh, so as, familiar with food terms okay. will know when you when you refer to something as a custard, it's milk and eggs together. And right. sugar. You want some and sugar in there. And yeah. a little sugar. Yeah. Like sometimes you make the custard for a quiche. Which is exactly so. I just wanted to clarify that. Right. So you're dipping the, the this round piece of bread as opposed to taking the whole piece of. It looks challah. like a bagel that you've cut yeah. out. Well, not a bagel because I don't cut out the center. That'd be cute. You, if you cut, did though. You could though because then, like, then it will look like right, but it doesn't look like jelly donuts. <laughs> right. 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 Mine's gonna look like a jelly donut. Okay. So, so basically, yeah. So you're gonna dip it in the mixture of, of eggs and milk, fry it up, so you have this round piece of French toast, and then. You know, put a little raspberry jam in the center, dust it with confectionery sugar, and oh, that's so cute. It's cute, yeah. The kids love it. It's really fun. You know, the problem with my my challah is that I make challah every week. I cook it in a flashier oven. Uh, well, I have I make a, I have a recipe on my blog for perfect par of French toast. Oh, that's nice. Soy yeah. milk instead of milk. I don't like soy milk. Coconut milk. I I think I might have used almond milk or coconut milk. Uh, I'm a big milk. fan of co- coconut milk. So I did not like coconut milk when I put it in my coffee. I thought it would have this nice. Oh no, hint. not good. It's terrible. Oh. Coconut I'm, milk and coffee, I'm unless so, you whip it up. If you whip it up, it actually takes on a different flavor. If you just put straight coconut milk in your coffee, depends is, what your coconut milk from the can is gross. But yeah, if you use the gross. coconut milk like creamer, the, like the coconut the dream, you know the ca- carton, mm-hmm. yeah, as opposed to the canned coconut milk, yeah. that's very. But that that's has totally, added sugar, and it's, it's I mean, true. It's but if I'm saying as far as like eating par of, a par of, if you really need that par of coffee with yeah. some creamer, and you don't want to use chemical creamer. Well, I, I use almond milk a lot at home. Okay, but, but um, I coconut didn't milk know. is creamier though. Much so creamier, I think it, almond I, milk also in your coffee. No, I mean, you somebody out there can tell me different. I think it is also just. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the almond milk in my yeah. coffee. But when I put a can of um, maybe it was the can. I don't know. No, it's <laughs> the coffee, and I thought it would have this like nice coconut hint. It separates also. No. We were like, what? Yeah, <laughs> disaster. <laughs> but you know, I bought really great coffee back from Hawaii. Oh, nice. Coffee is the only, this part of my foodie adventures I was talking a little bit about last week's show, part of, um, the, it's the only part of the United States where they grow coffee is in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They used to have a lot of sugar cane and pineapple, still a lot of pineapple, but coffee's it's everywhere. Like coconut, right? Coconut. Uh, yeah, coconut. Yeah, we had lots of coconut. You're driving and then you see a stand of people just hacking coconuts down and sticking a straw in and drinking. <laughs> it was really cool. That's vacation. Yeah, totally. but but um, I really thought this coffee would have tasted much better with coconut milk. So, 
Not good. <laughs> okay, so what, talking about substitutes, we're going to see a lot of um, recipes now for uh, donuts that, you know, they want milk in the mixture. Mm-hmm. So we can use almond milk, soy milk, rice sure. milk. Yeah, definitely. Coconut yeah. milk. I have a recipe on my blog for chocolate donuts with that are in the filling is peanut butter fluff and and um, bananas, and it's topped with more chocolate and more peanut butter, and it's all dairy free. Completely dairy. They look amazing, and they taste amazing. Amazing. That's what you should have brought, Melinda. <laughs> I know. So I didn't have time to make a whole new bag. You know, I fry them. You can also bake them, which is really nice because some people don't like to fry their dough, and I find that my dough actually bakes really well. Sorry, but I, I you know, everybody's dieting a little bit. I know, I know we're right in the middle of Hanukkah. I'm, I'm, so I'm not donuts. dieting. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to spin at Studio Ina. I feel like that kind of look good. But counterbalances some of the donuts I've been eating. Um, so Melinda, I just and. An official welcome to you, and we'll Thank spend you. a little bit of time talking to you because um, I always tell the ladies when I have a show, when I have the bloggers in or, or a caterer or a restaurant, I said, bring some samples because ZK <laughs> and I love to eat uh, on the show and um, just love to eat off the show too. Um, but Melinda said that she would be making some cookies. So let's talk a little bit about what you've bought, and then we'll talk sure. while we eat. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So I made these shortbread cookies. I have a version of the cookies on my blog with pistachios. You can look it up by, you can type in pistachio shortbread and they'll pop up. I believe that's one of the only shortbreads on my blog, so it should pop up. They're actually gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free, and vegan. No eggs. There's no eggs. Vegan means no eggs. Right. Um, no animal product has gone in. No animals were harmed while baking this cookie. <laughs> no, I love that. And okay. they are, what else? They're definitely not nut free. That is a big thing. There is, it's all about the nuts in this. There's, okay, that's what, this is version. This Pesach dick? Yes, absolutely. You can have these on Pesach. <gasps> Melinda. Yeah. Amazing. I, yeah. I always think about Pesach, you know that, because, you know, Melinda and I cook together. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so this is a, pe- this could be, this is our pre, my first pre-Pesach cookie. Okay? <laughs> I eat these year round. I, I eat, I eat gluten. I, you know, I like to eat gluten free a lot of the time just because it makes me feel better. Yeah. I don't I'm have an intolerance. You. I do have diabetes. So I find that eating gluten free just helps me to keep my sugar down and more in control. So you talk, helpful. honey and I can eat. Yeah. You guys eat. So, so what, can I ask you, what bracha do you make on this? Is I would go shahakol? to shahakol on that. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I would definitely okay. go shahakol. We're smothering it in some jam. Yeah. Allah. They are. Allah Oh they my are so God. good with jam. I love them. And I keep them in the freezer, so they're always handy. And I just pop them right out of the freezer. I don't even so good. Mm. Thank you. Oh, my God. And it's uh, this blackberry pomegranate jam. It's amazing. Oh right out of my pantry. <laughs> you can make homemade jams. I have a lot of preserved recipes on my blog. I just find it's so simple. You just throw whatever fruits you want. Even You can even add preserves to it into a pot. With mm. maybe some orange juice and and you just let it simmer Need down. Need sugar though. Oh, um, I you use a uh, pure maple syrup or honey so instead of sugar. Like fruits have their own natural sugars. They do, but it's not enough to really get it to be as thick yeah, as you I want it. I find also that the sugar makes it very. It gives it that thickness. You're not going to get the same thickness if you use like maple syrup or honey. I've done it. it. Works. This is yeah, I mean, delicious. <laughs> it might be a little different, but it definitely adds. And I love when it has chunks in it. This is more of a smooth one, but mm-hmm. I have uh, tons of preserve recipes on. My blog. I just love making jams and preserves. It's, it's I even have a canner at home, a huge canner. Really? I don't use it enough, but I, I love. Oh, canning. I'd like to come and watch you next time you make sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Make Might it jam. Yeah, let's. We'll have a party. I never anyway. did like proper canning, like oh, yeah. sterilizing yeah. the jars. Mm-hmm. I've never done. My that. grandmother used to do it all the time. It's, this is uh, it's unreal. Great, Cause then you can make big batches. I made like jalapeno jam before, and, and you just stick it in your in your pantry, and you have it for a year. 
you know, sometimes some are a little less, but usually they last, I think, a year, maybe even more because they're canned. Right. Nice. Yeah. I always get scared if I don't can it properly. Yeah. Well, because you'll know if it's canned properly. Because you open it up, it's got mold. Yeah. Well, you know Not if always. it's canned properly because, first of all, usually the top, because it has a little Pops. pop, if it's down properly, it, you'll know. Uh-huh. And you'll see if there's beads on the inside after it's done. There's like this invisible cool. bacteria that can kill you. It, there is? Yeah. It's probably oh. more than one. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. So let's make and sure it, that it we learn. canning products. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we need to make sure that if we learn how to do it, yes. we do it properly. Read the directions, YouTube it, Google it. I, I remember watching tons of videos to make sure I was doing it right. The first time I did it, it took like hours because I just wanted to make sure it was done right before I posted it and post. Your I have special pictures. tongs, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They all, it all comes when you get a canner. I actually got it for Hanukkah a few years ago. Every year for Hanukkah, my mom says, hey, what do you want? So I always think of something random that I wouldn't buy for myself, but I would love to have in the house, like a pasta dryer. Oh. What's a pot? Well, who needs a pasta dryer? I have one in my house. Uh, really? I'm going to borrow you. <laughs> you I are love, welcome to borrow I it. I love to make pasta and I make a lot of my own pasta, but I take my washing lines. I've seen the picture before. <laughs> I hang them on my washing lines. Yeah. Yeah. At least they're clean. I clean. I clean it up very well. And I spray it a little bit, and then I put my pasta to dry. But then Love when it. it's all done, then I have to re-clean the Yeah, well, You the can rack. borrow my, my pasta borrow your dryer. Rack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's even come out of the box, I'm going to be honest. Okay, you'll send that to down. Would but be I do have it, exactly. So <laughs> Me and Melinda made fresh pasta together. Yeah, it was so fun. I, it was, we posted it was recipes really on our blog. She made dessert pasta, chocolate pasta. Chocolate of course, pasta. Of course, Melinda made chocolate pasta. <laughs> she made s'mores pasta. We fried that. That would be great for Hanukkah. Did I not also. know you guys when you were doing this? Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> oh my god! You knew me, but I don't know if we all. I, had, yeah. You know, and I yeah. made a mushroom barley ravioli. I made barley pasta. I stuffed it with um, with short ribs and uh, <laughs> gray short ribs, and then I made a wild mushroom sauce. That <gasps> was insane. Oh, it was insane. Can I just say, you guys make better foods than any of the restaurants? Can oh, I say that? I mean, I sure. Why it's not? More, it's more <laughs> exotic. Than the restaurant. Than most restaurants there are. A few we need a that... food blogger restaurant. Melinda, we need to do a pop up. What do you say? A pop up. You have time for that? I'll, I'll, they, I mean, they, if you're in. They need they need that on the Lower East Side. There's no restaurant currently, but we know there are some coming this, to the spaces where the former pizza sh- shop were. Yeah, what's, what's opening there? Um, I believe some sort of um, milkic restaurant. That's okay. all I know. We do have Kosas Bialis, but once upon a time, this neighborhood was bustling with kosher food everywhere. Yeah. Right. So we have the kosher store, the East Side kosher store, right here, which has. Yummy pizza. They do have really good they pizza. Have good pizza. Oh, they do? Yeah. Burned our mouths like right now. Yeah, we, I know. We, we ate too quickly. We were so excited. After our last <laughs> show together, we were like starving, right? Because we're always starving. Talk about food for an hour. So we got this fresh pizza, literally fresh. It was right out of the oven. We ate it right away. The rest of our day, our mouths were big. And we ate so much other food that day. I, I, I remember that. I don't know if that. Was, us on Instagram. Yeah. We just kept going and going. And the whole time, we, we could taste our food, but we had little, burned mouth. We had so mouth. So <laughs> make sure your pizza is cool before you pop it in your mouth. Yep. Okay, so let's we've we've had a little taste of the samples. Tell me what's been going on on your blog and what you've been up to because you are also yeah. I'm super busy and kitchen dash tested. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's a whole lot of different things going on. You know, I started separately. I actually started working for Great Kosher Restaurants. Yes, you which came is so on, exciting. You came on with Ilan a couple yeah. of. I think that's the last time you were here. In that's October. right. And it's so fun. I love keeping my job in the food industry because that's really where my passion is. It's in food. Uh, you know, I had my kosher food bloggers conference, which I'm still following up on things for. Yeah. So when you have more things, sometimes you have to balance it out. So we're, we, we had huge giveaways on from the event. So we're still following up and sending. I won one. one. Yes, you did. What'd you win, honey? I win the new, I won the new, uh, kosher restaurant cookbook. Did Secret, you? Secret restaurant recipe. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I, I, I got it, um, at 
they gave it to me at Kosher Fest. And it's beautiful. Victoria was on the show and yeah. oh, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I saw Victoria the other day um, and I uh, told her I, I, I was away and I haven't had a chance to use it yet. But this Shabbos, what are you making? So I was thinking the I've got to go home and do it because I've just had a crazy busy week. So I've got all the ingredients lined up for um the oh my gosh I'm really drawing a blank. It's been a really hard day. Okay, um from Reserve Cut the tacos. Oh my gosh! So you know what I did? Okay, tell I me. I saw the tacos and I was like, I really want those tacos. So I went to Reserve Cut. <laughs> so you what? I went to Reserve Cut. <laughs> she is a great cook and she went to the restaurant you know rather than making it, it was, there was I have to say How was it? that. I have to say that it's a great cookbook, but some of the stuff is very involved. I mean, obviously, if they're restaurant they're recipes. From a, they're coming from a restaurant. They're sure, coming from trained sure. chefs. We're sure. home cooks. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And sometimes you can adapt them. I think some people who want it easier can do it. You know, some people like tapachki around. I love tapachki. I, I love do. So. I do I love, once in a while. I love yeah. a seven-pot recipe anytime. <laughs> right. Right. You know, if it tastes good, then I always think it's worth um, but it. But the tacos were amazing. My my whole dinner was really good. I have to say, all the food was amazing. Yeah, I'm I have I'm dying to go there. I have not yet gone there. I went from anniversary dinner, and it was it yeah the cocktails were great. Everything was great. Everything was great. <laughs> I don't think they're open for lunch, Naomi. Ah, uh, <laughs> I, know, I think they are. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. Not on a Friday, but we will go soon. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea. We should, people, if they ever want to come eat with me, Melinda, honey, just let us know. We'll make a group together and any listeners that want to join us on one of our foodie adventures. If you follow all three of us on Instagram, uh, busy in Brooklyn, what's Ki- your, on Instagram, it's kitchen tested, not with a dash. Yeah. Um, or Naomi Nachman. I'm actually not Aussie Gourmet on Facebook. Um, on, on Instagram, um, you can come join us and eat lunch with us because it's so much fun. I think fun is food is. <laughs> Like eating in a restaurant as much as I love, love, love to cook. I love, love, love to eat out. Like we all went out as a group the other night just to hang out and eat and drink good food and, you know. Yeah, yeah if the food is okay. good, then it's, it's, it's also It also, I feel like eating out in restaurants inspires different dishes of mine. Like you right. eat something and you're like, oh, well, that would be cool if, I, you know, you do your own twist and make it your own way. But, it, it, you know, eating in all different places in different countries, that really expands your palate and, and you know. And your local culture. I, yeah. I, a couple of years ago, must have been maybe more than 10 years ago, I had a fabulous meal at La Marraine. It's still one of my hu- husband's favorite to go to restaurants. It's, it's, you know, you know what to expect. You know what you're going to get. And it's always good. I've never had a dud meal there. One time we went there, they had a, a fish bouillabaisse. Now it's a, it's a fish stew, like a soup, but it's not usually kosher because it has all kinds of like crab legs and mussels in it, but they made a kosher version of it. It was so delicious. I like, I wish I could get the recipe from them. So of course I went home and I kind of Googled around and looked around and did my research. And it was before all the blogs, you know, it was 10 years ago. So you had very basic food website and I put together a really yummy flounder bouillabaisse. I think it's on my blog, but it's, it's Ooh. delicious. Like people are like, Fish soup. I'm a little scared of it. it oh, is I love fish soup. Delicious. And you know, you Naomi like does food. everything with fish. Everything Naomi makes with fish is amazing. So I, I'm big into fish. Yeah. So actually, I put on my blog a, rep, a recipe um, for fish poke. P-O-K-E. It's from Hawaii because it's like a big thing there. Um, everywhere, every um, restaurant, not restaurant, um, every supermarket and small, uh, you know, sometimes you find these small boutique um, food shops mm-hmm. um, and they will sell some cheeses and wines and salamis and fishes. So they had, everyone had food poke. What is poke? Okay. So it is a, it means, it's almost like a tuna tatar. So it's raw fish that's cured with, with um, and chopped up. 
bigger pieces than if you have a tartar. They're, right. They're much bigger yes, pieces. Yes, slightly. They weren't so, so much bigger. Yeah. Instead of like a mush. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> like a tartar is almost like finely pulsed on mm-hmm. a food processor. So this is something you cut with a knife. Okay. And then you add in, um, you know, lime juice and nuts, very finely chopped nuts, cilantro. Sounds like a ceviche. Salt. It's almost, it's a cousin, it's a cross between a ceviche and a tatar. Let's, let's go with that. But okay. they, they have like poke competitions. Really? In Hawaii. Like, it's, so like, it's, it's a big it's, thing. It's always it's fish. All, and it's usually always tuna. Oh, cool. Ahi tuna. A-H-I. Ahi tuna, which is, the you know, best. the best. I just want to say that, you know, it's a shout out to Aussie's Fish. Um, I do a lot of fish recipes for them. But with any fish that you buy from any place, no, we're talking about food that's not um, high quality or spoil. Always make sure your fish is super fresh, especially when you're eating it raw because it's, again, one of those silent things that could just turn – you won't die from it, but you could get really, really sick. So you always want to make sure that you have the freshest quality um, tuna. Um, it's when you're making your own sushi at home or poke or ceviche or tatar. Cook it, make sure it's not cooked, but, um, you know, fresh and treated well. It's a nice red color. Dark in color. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, ask your fishmonger and tell him what you're doing with it so he gives you the freshest of the fresh. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, what else is going on? I saw those Reuben bites, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, Reuben bites with, um, and I made those for Thanksgiving, but they're really right. Good. I know, they're I know. Great I for just, New Year's too. I'm, I'm obsessed with them. They are. <laughs> I haven't made them. So but. fun. I made a rye waffle instead of using rye bread, and it's actually it's it's got a little bit of sweetness to it from the honey. So you can really you can eat them for breakfast. I think they're really good. But I topped them with pastrami and a sauerkraut cranberry sauce, which is something I've never seen before. And I thought amazing. It's really good, and it's got a little bit of the sourness to it from the sauerkraut, but it's also sweet. Because that's what you want from your cranberry sauce, and it's it is really fun. You never cease to amaze me, both of you, where your ideas just come from. You know, it. You know, you know I, I really think that that the blogging world like brings out your creativity because you just everyone's doing these mashup recipes, hybrid ideas, and like you just push yourself to like try and come up with something different than everyone else, and it brings, out, brings out your creativity. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard, and you got to keep up. You yeah. know, you got to, if you know, if you want to stay busy. Mm-hmm. In our fields, I feel like, you know, you've got to be on the social media and you want to share yeah. and Facebook and And it's Instagram good to follow other bloggers. Other people. Because the, one of the great things, and this isn't just for food, this is for, you know, for fashion, for anything you're doing, is when you follow other people and you, you know, become friends with them, but, and you start Googling and, and checking around these recipes, you find that, like, I'll come up with what I think is an amazing idea and then I'll Google it and be like, oh. This has been done 20 times before. Yeah, yeah. Always got to do that. So, and sometimes it's in a completely different market that I know that people who follow my blog have never seen before because it's someone who's just completely out of their realm or just someone that they would maybe Google, but not someone that they follow. And I'll do the recipe anyways because I'm doing it in a different way. Right, right. But, That's like me with a Hasselbeck, right? I yes, learned from Khani yes. and I always say this is inspired from Khani Afam. I have my own recipe <laughs> and I think you also have a... Melinda actually also introduced me to it originally. I called it Hasselback. That was my original take on it because I think, what was it called? Crack salami. Crack salami. salami. Yeah. yeah. Yosef Silva also has a recipe. Right. But I always like say, you told me so about different. it. So I'll always like, if I ever do it, I'll always say like, inspired by, right. you know, where I got my inspiration or like the cauliflower from. cauliflower pizza. We cauliflower that pizza. That's, mm-hmm. that's right. I forgot about the cauliflower pizza. Yeah. So it's always nice to give, you know, mention. Yeah, where, where your inspiration comes from, especially if you're posting something, if you've made a recipe from somebody's cookbook, 
give the give the um or your you know you showed the picture or you're showing just the recipe, mention who wrote the recipe. You yeah, know, totally, not, totally agree. It, there's a lot of I'm going to use air quotes for the people that are not uh, <laughs> uh, that are that are just listening, but there's a lot of ripping off that's going on. So yeah, just you know yeah. you want to be respectful to uh, mm-hmm. to all our our uh, people that have inspired us and, you know. Um, you are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network, also heard on Arut Sheva English Radio. Our show is sponsored by our friends... Abel's and Hyman. Hey, we did it together. <laughs> there you go, Seth. We did it together. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of fun, the whole Abel's and Hyman thing. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, I just, I forgot to mention that before, um, the turkey ones, the turkey hot dogs, you were, I wanted to... I'm coming back to it. You said, hey, your daughter likes, doesn't she, she doesn't usually, I know, but right. So my daughter likes the turkey ones. Oh, okay, cool. She never eats hot dogs, but she'll eat the turkey ones. So I forgot to mention that. And I those little I ones, this is Naomi posted on, it was on Instagram, <laughs> right? Instagram. So on at Instagram. my conference, one of my amazing sponsors was Abel's and Hyman and they put these little dried salamis. Was it, it was turkey. turkey. It was turkey, turkey salami. So I didn't feel like I was, you know, my raising ki- my, my cholesterol. Kids love them. In the love, love them. And you know what? They took them to school for snack and their friends were begging for them. I was like, what? That's so funny. So I needed like, cause we didn't know what kind of food we would find in Hawaii. So Melinda said, I've got, you know, a, I few, have a few extra, a few extra take over mm-hmm. from the, um, bloggers conference. She gave me some. They were a lifesaver. Sometimes you're absolutely starving and the plane hasn't gated yet and you, no, it's a night. You got to pick up the car rental and go to the hotel, and then you'll want to eat, yeah. and you're starving, and you just. We kept them in our in our carry-ons, and we were just like shoving them down our mouth. <laughs> I could have used those when I was in Iceland last year. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's really good. We didn't have much to eat there. We brought our own food, so those salamis would have been really, really helpful. <laughs> so a good shout out to those little turkey salami packages. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, uh, Abels and Hyman and Holdgalan for uh, supplying those to everyone. Um, let's do our What's for Dinner segment. Our What's for Dinner segment is sponsored by Gourmet Glut Emporium out in Cedarhurst, where we will be next week, 9 a.m. live. So Honey is going to uh, jump in and do our What's for Dinner segment. We like to do something quick and easy for a busy working mum. So uh, I'm going to give it to Honey. So I'm going to share a really quick recipe because I actually shared this on Instagram uh, a little while ago. And uh, people loved it. And someone just wrote me the other day that they made it for dinner and it was great. So I don't even measure. I just take a London broil. I like the butcher cut London broil. I find it's really the most tender. Okay, talk to me about the other kind. Well, we'll talk about London broil for a second because people have a very big misconception about London broil. London broil is not a cut of meat. It's a method of preparation, which means what is London broil? It means you marinate it and grilled, or some people broil it. It's not a cut. London broil can be cut from all different type parts of the animal. So a lot of time the butcher will take an extra piece that he has and then cut it into that London broil shape and sell it as a London broil. So that's why sometimes you might buy London broil and it will be more tender. Sometimes you'll buy it and it will be more tough. It all depends on where they cut it on the animal. I had no idea. Thank yeah. you, Connie. Yes. So, yeah. Little, I actually have um, a, a little uh, a meat guide that I wrote on my blog. I use uh, it A all guide the time. to buying kosher meat and it explains all, all the different parts of the animal, where the cuts come from, and depending where a cut comes from, that's so you'll know how to cut, you know how to how to cook it. Because if it's a if it's a very tough cut, you need to braise it, and if it's a more tender cut, then you just need to dry roast it. So I explain all of this in my guide, and you can go to my my how to section on my blog, and it says guide to purchasing and preparing kosher meat. 
Um, so yeah, so this London broil is such a budget-friendly uh, piece of meat to buy for dinner. You can get like a three-pound piece of London broil that could feed your family for probably about 20 bucks, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I find it's an economic Yeah, sometimes so it really lifestyle. is. Yeah. It's budget-friendly, so I love that. So what I do is I put it in a Ziploc bag. I put a p- couple of cloves of crushed garlic in there, a little bit of soy sauce, olive oil. I like to put olive oil when I marinate meat. I find that it really tenderizes and it makes it very soft. And uh, soy sauce and honey. I don't even measure. I just kind of drizzle. And then I marinate in the fridge as long as, as long as I have. You know, sometimes it's only an hour. Sometimes it's a couple of hours. Take it out of the marinade, put it in a pan, and then I broil it for about eight minutes on each side for about a three-pound lemon broil. And then you cut, cut it against the grain really thin. Serve it with some mashed potatoes, um, even in a salad. I took the leftovers the next day, and I, I made a salad with arugula and roasted beets. Um, it was it was so, so good. I made like a truffle mayo dressing. So Of course delicious. you did. <laughs> so, um, uh, how do we make a truffle mayo dressing? <laughs> just quickly, another little... Um, you take mayonnaise and then just a tiny drop of truffle oil. Because it's, A, it's expensive. It's very expensive. Very but strong. But a little goes a long way, and you can buy a bottle, and it will last you like... A year because you literally only use a drop and it adds so much amazing flavor. Add a little bit of water to, you know, get it to a little bit of a thinner Thinness. consistency. And that's really all you need because it's so packed with flavor. So I'm going to try yeah. that. Yeah. I know, I know definitely know Gourmet Glad has a very nice selection of oils, which include the truffle oils. Yeah. It's $20 a bottle. I'm going to warn you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, it's going to last you the whole year. Yeah. Last you a year. That's a really totally. nice thing. So, so yeah. So, um, London Burrow really works. It works great for salads. And, um, my kids are such picky eaters and they, they lick their plates clean. But you never want to overdo it. You never want to, you don't want to make it, uh, you want it to, to be nice and, and, and pink. Even a little red in the center. Yeah, I, I like my... Um, so I, I didn't know that, and that's what's so great, having you on the show and sharing, you know, of ideas between all of us and, you know, share your ideas out there, listeners and viewers. Share. If you have something to share, please share it, and I'll even read it on the air to share with other people, uh, Naomi at NahumSiegel.com, because I, I, I love learning, and and I did not know about the London broil cut. Melinda and I are like, Brilliant. who knew? Who knew? Because I I'll always, like I order from Gourmet Glat. I make that um, something similar. I'm, I I call it the London broil, and they call it the shoulder cut. Right. It's always the same cut Okay. with them. And I marinate and I throw it on the barbecue. I, I kind of do it um, in the summer months when mm-hmm. you're looking for a grilled, to serve some sliced grilled steak. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Um, but I didn't realize it was different cuts of meat. Yeah. Yeah. Another really great cut that you can use in place of London broil, which is even more tender, I would say this is my favorite cut of all, is the filet split. The uh, minute steak roast. I learned that from Susie Fishbein. Yeah, it has a, a, you know, a thick layer of gristle that goes down the center. Mm-hmm. But if they split that and, ha- you know, split that between the gristle, you get, you get, uh, it's called filet split. That is so great for grilling. You don't even need marinated because it's such a tender cut. You grill that, it's really delicious. Another, and another way I like to use it, because a lot of people always complain, I, they buy pepper steak, and it's so chewy. So chewy. And it's so, yes. Yeah. So they have, you have experience. to braise it to break it down, otherwise it doesn't work. But what if you want to do a really fast stir fry? You know what you do? You buy filet split, and you cut it yourself, really thin slices, and then all you nice. got to do is really quick stir fry, and you got a really tender cut. I use Leia Shapira. She has a recipe in her Fresh and Easy for pepper steak without peppers because I hate peppers, right? Oh, so yeah. I love that recipe. But you have to saute it for two hours right. because right. you need to break it down. Right. And it's, it happens to be a great Pesach recipe because um, you can buy all those ingredients now for Pesach and I kind of, you know, it freezes amazing because it got a lot of sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I yeah, that's a, a great idea for I a quick a, stir fry. I love that. I make that. a pepper steak that I cook also for about two hours with a plum sauce. Mm. I use, nobody uses this ingredient, like I'm probably the only person, but they sell canned plums by the f- canned fruit section in the supermarket. Yeah. They sell canned plums. Yeah. They have pits in them. I take the pits out. But it's, it's an Asian recipe. I put, um, I put garlic, sometimes ginger in there. I put hoisin sauce, which is a an Asian, Asian barbecue yeah. sauce, a plum barbecue. Is that sauce. what it is? An a- hoisin is Asian barbecue sauce. Yes. Okay. I, I have I use it, but I didn't know how to. Yeah. So I put that with the plums, it. and it's like it's it's, it's an Asian dish. It's a that plum one's on your blog. Steak. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I make it all the time. <laughs> I really do, but that has to cook for two hours, and a lot of times you just don't have two hours to cook dinner. So. Can you do right. that in a crock pot? You probably could. You probably could. I actually got a text from someone um, on my way when I was walking down Grand Street and they asked me um, for a recipe for crockpots. I am so not good at crockpots. Well, you know what? I'm I'm so not a crockpot person either, but we went in the summer. We went away and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a slave to cooking dinner. We, we were in the Poconos for a week and I was like, I want to enjoy my time. I'm going to bring my crockpot and I'm going to make crockpot dinners every single day. And that's what I did. And they were all so good. And then I put a, I put up a post on my blog with the, with the recipes. It's, it's, uh, I did a, re- I remember you know, it. I wrote about Bushkill Falls. That's where we went in the Poconos. <laughs> the and then I wrote about my week of crockpot dinners. Yeah, I'm they so good. I'm so, a- they were easy. I took, so I took, a, you know, I took, I took a, a, a chuck roast, stuck it in there with some onions in the bottom and a bottle of bone sucking sauce and that just let it. it cook the whole day. And then I pulled it apart into shreds and we made, uh, pulled, we had pulled, we had pulled uh, beef. pulled beef. Yeah, that's why Make I find sandwich, it. put it on mashed potatoes, put yeah. it on rice. I'm like, so easy. So Wait, this hoisin recipe with the plums and everything, it sounds re- like it's something that would be really great in a crock pot. And if you're using a big cut of meat, you can even. It, I know it's one more thing you have to do, but you can brown it first on all four sides just to keep the moisture and the liquid inside of the meat before you put it in the crock pot, and then just put yeah. all the ingredients. Yeah. I in. mean, I didn't do that in the, because I just wanted it easy. I literally threw this the the whole chuck roast in. Oh, yeah, and it was amazing. It, it was so good. I, you know, I, I, you know, as I would talk about all the traveling I do, I never thought to bring a crock pot and do that with me. Yeah, that's all. When you're that's driving, it. especially like something like where it's a road trip and you're just sticking it in your car and going, it's so smart. Yeah, because you know what, you want to enjoy your vacation. Wouldn't it be, be funny if you could plug it into the car? Well, that we could cook in the car. I mean, thought yeah. that liquid might be a little dangerous. So many hours. <laughs> saying, I'm know. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but you drive to Canada, right? You plug it in when you leave Long Island. It'll be cooked by the time you get to Montreal. Or you just go to Montreal and you get some poutine. There you go. go. <laughs> I, I tell you, it's so funny that I've been to Montreal so many times. And you've been to this restaurant before. And I've been, and right, you didn't get and the poutine. Been, anyway, they, put the restaurant, they put the recipe in the new secret restaurant recipe, recipe uh-huh. book, cookbook. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, the poutine. Oh, that's so but funny. But they make it with, um, I was a little disappointed. Uh-oh. Powdered gravy mix. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. not happening. No, no, no. Just make my Parmesan gravy. Okay. There you go. Yes. Make their recipe with Hani's Parmesan gravy and you're they good They just to go. do it with, they use shredded mozzarella and, and french fries. That's it. And then they did the powdered gravy mix. That's so fun. I gotta try that next time I go to Montreal. My husband and I both have family in Montreal. Oh. So we have a lot of ties that we, problem is there's never any time to go. So I've one time we, we went there in the winter. It was so cold. It was miserable. Oh, I'm like, I am not doing that again. So I've been there in July, um, but otherwise Montreal. I mean, it's a beautiful place. And they have great, they it do have a, a lot really of nice great place. restaurants. They do. They do have a lot of great they restaurants. Do. It's been a long time, but I just like, I like warm weather. <laughs> Snow has definitely lost its enchantment that it originally had when I first moved here. I've been here now. Thanksgiving made it 23 years. Wow. I know. I still sound like I'm fresh off the boat. <laughs> and um, I just couldn't. 
you know, the first five years I couldn't get enough of the snow. But you like, know, when you're in a house and you have kids and then all of a sudden <gasps> they don't have school and you can't get out of your house and you're all stuck inside, it loses the fun. Okay. It's nice to see them get excited about it when they're, especially when your kids are young, but as a parent, you're like, oh, it's snowing again. My favorite activity, don't laugh. I promise you I'm not making this up. The minute it hits, the snow starts falling and it starts it's building up. It's supposed to snow today. You know that, right? It did already a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always going, it's always going to be snowing. It's going to snow today. It's going to snow tomorrow. It's We're in it. So it's the snow is never ending. <gasps> I know, right? Okay, yeah. March, March. My pace is going to be fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite activity to do is snow. And my cousin Shelly Serba uh, also does this, is we make barbecues in the snow. I think it's the That's Michigan so fun. Australian in us that we do this. That's and who so stands outside in the freezing cold? Well, my husband does not cook. He, he knows how to make toast. So um, I, sh- I put my does? back door. Shelly does also yeah. in her house. So we shovel. Well, I mean, she does it in West Hempstead. And I do it in Widmore. And I shovel my back steps to get to my barbecue when I brush off all the barbecue and then I have to clean my garage and then my favorite activity on a snowy blizzard day I'm not kidding is going to gourmet glut I know I'm crazy but that's how sicko foodie I am (laughs) that I must pack my house with lots of awesome food and I just make a -a cook-a-thon and I cook, and I cook, and I cook, and I cook, and then invite all my neighbors over to I'm Invite cook. me to the next one. Yeah. I, if you can get it's out of the next me. snowstorm, you come to my house. Well, my kids are bored They're, at home. We're getting in the car. We have an SUV, and we're coming over. You're coming over. Yeah. It's crazy. So the next, so I thought, now I can add pasta making to that, because I became obsessed with making pasta. Yeah. But I, I, I've gone to Gourmet Glass, and I just load up two or three wagons full of food. I never do it. Any other time except in a snowstorm. And no one else is there. There's something about the storm anyway that makes you just want to stay in the house and cook. I love it. I love it. It's great. You know, so I just, you know, and a barbecue and I get it all going and it's so much fun. I do a lot of indoor grilling in the winter anyway. I have my lodge um, cast iron, you know, grill that goes over the two burners, you know, that big rectangle. Yeah, I've never used mine. I have They work. They do a great job. Many, very often, if you're, if I'm like doing some, you know, proper high heat grilling, turns on my smoke alarm, but. <laughs> okay, my toaster oven smurns, turns on my smoke alarm. It's a little, I think, too wow. close to the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And the one time I did have a big fire leaping out of my toaster oven, like literally flames. Why did you have that? I'm curious. I don't know. Something happened. It was. Okay. It, it broke I, I think up that happens it. with toaster oven. It has happened. It's leaping flames. No smoke alarm. Oh. My kids, my kids are like, there's a fire. I'm like, no, there's not. The smoke alarm's going off. They like run downstairs. <laughs> And literally, there was a big, fat fire coming out of it. Oh my, my, my cabinet stunk of smoke for oh a good gosh. few weeks. Yeah, that cleared out. And then we bought a new toaster oven. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good idea to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't want that to burn the house down. But yeah, this has been so much fun talking about food. For always. It's always fun hour. talking food with you. I know. We need to go out to eat afterwards. Maybe uh, churros will be open. Yeah. Oh, boy. Churros. Right, we're right in the middle of the fried Hanukkah. food season. You know, season. everyone know, and we can't end a show about Hanukkah without giving churros a mention. Churros is a Spanish donut, for, right, for want mm-hmm. of a better word to yep. describe it. They kind of uh, make the dough. Instead of making it round, they pipe it um, into um, fry, hot oil. Yeah. It's a different kind of dough. It's not a donut dough. It's more like a parachu, which is how would you even describe it. It's eggs and, and flour, but it's made compl- in a completely different way. More it's much chewy. thicker. It's, it is it's chewier. It's more like a batter. With a light, fluffy center. So if you ever make an eclair or have an eclair, how the center is more fluffy, so that's, that's how more you do like a churro. Okay. And then they, they you know. So you, you can you can actually, if you have eclair dough, you can fry it yeah. and you'll have a churro? Yep. And then don't forget about the cinnamon sugar because if you have a churro oh. without cinnamon sugar, yeah. you are right. not eating a churro. And these ones that Melinda and I had a few months ago yeah. had dolce de leche in the center. 
Wow. That and was, then you got to dip them in chocolate and, and more dolce de leche. My mother-in-law is South American, so she totally made churros for us when we go to her. Oh, Chalice. that's nice. You know what I had in yeah. Israel? Svinge. Mm-hmm. What is which that? Which is, Svinge is Moroccan donuts. And there's also bimluelas, which is like Brumwella. a fried she donut. She has them on her blog. I have a pumpkin bimuelo on my site. I grew up eating them. In Seattle, there's a huge Sephardic community, a lot of Greeks and Turkish. And my, my husband's from that, yeah. from um, the same part of and every year Greece in school, and Turkey that they're from. Every year at Seattle Hoover Academy, all the moms would come in and they would make my bu- the bumbos and lots of powdered How sugar. How are they different from a donut? They're dipped in honey afterwards, Well, right? some people dip them in honey. We just, they just sprinkle them with crazy amounts of powdered sugar and then you... Well, how are they different from a donut? It's a, it's a different dough. I mean, the recipe is different. I would have to look it up to tell you the exact measurements, but it's a different a, yeah. recipe. I've, I've, recipe. I've never tried it. It rises. It doesn't rise as long. That's one thing. And then you don't roll them out. It's a much stickier dough and you just take it out with your hands and you want to get your hands oily and you just stretch them a little. So there's a hole in the center and you drop them in the oil. Yeah. There's I, no rolling out. There's no cutting. Do you have a recipe on your blog? Cool. I do for pumpkin bumuelos, which I didn't know when I, at first I'm like, oh, this is such a genius idea for Thanksgiving last year. And it turns out that it's actually very traditional to make pumpkin brumelos oh, wow. in oh, certain parts go. of the world so oh, that's cool where my aunt always says no i only like them the traditional way i'm like but p- pumpkin is traditional just in a different part of the right. world right absolutely and they are fantastic. i have a recipe not on my blog but mm-hmm. i did a cooking class a moroccan cooking class a couple of years ago and i did um Bimuelas. Am I saying it right? There's different ways of spelling it. Some people do with a B-I-R. Some don't have the R in there. So I just say Bumuelos because that's how I always heard it growing yeah. up. I actually like them more than donuts, Some, to be honest. Someone did a post on Svinge, um, which is the Moroccan one. Mm. Um, one. I don't know if it was someone from the Kosher Connections group, but on one of the foodie groups had mm-hmm. um, you make it. It's basically you. It's a big thing of dough, a big bowl of dough, and then you take it and you pull it off and mm. then you kind of roll it out and throw it in. Hot oil. It's, it's amazing it's, how many different versions of, of, of donuts. Yeah, it sounds crazy. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure in Joy of Kosher this month in the magazine they mm-hmm. have the history of some of the donuts. Um, they had a lot yeah, of donut recipes. Yeah, they had a, a they had an article by Gil Marks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How um, how ironic is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about it. I read it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, big um, another mention to you at the end of the show. We dedicated our hour 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 to you and as our hour comes to a close and we're so hungry. We gotta eat some more of these. <laughs> yes, because they're uh, really good. It's been a big You food don't have talk. to feel bad while you eat them because they're good for you. They're good for they you. They are actually. It's just a lot of nuts. It's a lot of protein. When does the queen of that? Deguiltifying all the all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't even make myself good. I'm like, eat, live, come on. But if it tastes out. good, then we all need to go on Naomi's diet, and then she doesn't gain any weight. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. A spin at Ina, but I don't know. You know, I I I, I t- hold myself accountable to what I eat. So right. Yeah. So sometimes when you, I do not. Sometimes <laughs> when you see problem. me eating chicken and waffles for lunch. It's, yeah, chicken and waffles for lunch and, you know, very light dinner. So I do like trying to balance it out. Right. You know, you can make chicken and waffles healthy too if you Everything want Everything in to. moderation. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's what Melinda does. Yeah. Melinda just finds a way to make all this trashed up food healthy. <laughs> I should, you know, I have chicken waffles on my blog with red velvet waffles from a few years back, one of my blog anniversaries. Every yeah. year I do something with red velvet. I'm thinking this year of doing just a traditional red velvet cake the way my grandmother used to make. That's nice. Just because it's just that good. Krispy but... Kreme has a red velvet donut. I forgot to buy it. My kids will kill me because I love red what velvet. What were you thinking? I know. Thinking? I want to do a red velvet cake mm-hmm. with natural food coloring with made with beets. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. what I really want to do one time. Okay. Wow. I like that. Uh, yeah. Are we going to follow that up? Because as we be end our pink. show now. It's going to be a little more pink than red. It'll be it'll pink be... than red. Yeah. We're going to try it's that. Taste good I actually read some people it turned brown. So... <laughs> 
well, What's wrong with a brown cake? Chocolate cake is kind of dark brown. It's all red but hence the word is. red velvet. All yeah, red velvet cake is is chocolate cake with I know. dye. Right. So. Right. I don't get that. But yeah. Cool, guys. Thank you so much for coming in on this lovely Friday. Yeah. Um, Always thank- a pleasure to be Thanks here. Thanks for having us. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to everyone. Happy- and happy frying. Happy frying day. Friday. Frying day. Frying, frying day Friday. Yes. Okay, good Shabbos, everyone. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nacham Seal Network. Our show is sponsored by... Abel's, Abel's and, and Hyman. Hyman. We taste better. <laughs> um, stay listening to music. We have it right up until Lichtbenching of Candles and Hanukkah Lights. Good Shabbos. See you next good week Shabbos. in Gomei Klat. Cedarhurst, 9 a.m.